Welcome to the Nole Family Podcast, a podcast dedicated to Novak Djokovic, a tennis champion, philanthropist, humanitarian, and all-around good guy and role model. And also to the Nole Family, the f- network of fans across the world that uh, share the, the exploits uh, and the, the accomplishments of Novak Djokovic, cheer him on to greater heights both on and off the court, and of course share that information on social media. Uh, as we come to you, it is a little past noon central time in the United States, which means we're about 14 hours away, about, a little bit over 14 hours away from the Australian Open final, which will be a great matchup, an epic matchup, hopefully, with uh, Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal, probably the greatest uh, rivalry in all of tennis history. Uh, just uh, It's good to be back with the Nole family. Haven't broadcasted in a while. Uh, just wanted to walk through a little bit of the recap of, of uh, the Australian Open for Novak so far and preview the, the upcoming final this evening or early tomorrow morning. Uh, just to kind of recap, of course, 2018, great season for Novak, winning, of course, the last two uh, major championships with Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. Um, also capping off that Cincinnati uh, win, so he had all of the Masters 1000s in his career, the first ever male tennis player to do that. Uh, later in the season, he had a couple of losses in finals. Uh, it, it lost to Karen Hashinov in the Paris finals and also to Alex Zverev in the ATP finals. Had a little bit of a health issue. You could tell Novak was fighting a little bit of a cold. So I, I certainly don't think those losses were indicative of, of what would happen when Novak was at his peak uh, performance. And we're seeing that in the Australian Open. Uh, just to kind of recap uh, where Novak has come to get to the finals here. Of course, he beat Kruger, who was a qualifier from the U.S. in the first round, 6-3, uh, 6-2, th- uh, 6-2. He knocked off uh, Joe S- Willie, Willie Songa in the second round, 6-3, 7-5, 6-4. And, of course, uh, those two guys have had some great epic uh, matches here at the Australian Open. Back in 2008, he had the Novak win for his first uh, ever uh, final, his first ever Grand Slam win in 20, 2008. And in 2010, Sanga came back from two sets to one to beat uh, Novak. I believe that was in the quarterfinals. But Novak certainly dominant uh, head-to-head with the, uh, Sanga he- career-wise, 17-6. and six. And also, Novak has really dominated of late, uh, winning 13 of the last 14 matches against these two guys head-to-head. Really kind of a testament to the way Novak has stayed in shape over the years, uh, the fact that he's dominated so, so well this late into his career as, as uh, Wasonga's performance has dropped off a bit. Um, I think if you look at the, the match itself, you know, Novak does such a good job of hitting the ball uh, deep on the baseline. And a lot of times with the bigger guys who are uh, a little bit slower, especially when they get tired, it's very difficult for them to position themselves when those balls consistently have depth on the baseline, uh, especially when Novak is playing so close to his baseline. I mean, give, he just doesn't give you the time to get set for those shots, again, especially for the big guys who are a little bit slower when they're tired. And you can see that in this match. Songa hit a lot of balls either into the net or, or long on the baseline. A lot of what would look to be unforced errors, but Novak just wasn't giving him any room to breathe and any time to, to adapt to those shots and get into place. Uh, next round, Shapovalov, uh, 25th seed. Novak takes him down, 6-3, 6-4, 4-6, and 6-0. And Medvedev, the 15th seed, 6-4, 6-7, 6-2, and 6-3. Now, you notice in both of those matches, Novak did drop a set, but it's really indicative of how what a high level it takes to beat Novak, even in one set out of a match. You know, Medvedev and Shapovalov both took a set. But you can see the next set for both of those guys perform very poorly. It just takes so much energy and so much mental toughness to take a, a set away from a guy like Novak that you have so little energy left in the following sets. And again, he, he loses that third set to Shapovalov 4-6, but beats him 6-0, comes up with the, the bagel in the next set. 
And then Medvedev, again, 6-4, 6-7, but 6-2, 6-3 the next two sets. So, again, it's, it's just a, such a high level of tennis you have to play to even take a set from, from Novak. And I did mention, you know, out on social media, you know, that you know, just because Novak had dropped a set here or there in the earlier rounds doesn't mean these other guys, like maybe a, a Rafael Nadal has the upper, upper hand just because they're winning in straight sets. We've seen so many championships, so many Grand Slams where Novak has has dropped a set here or there in the first few rounds, but really has hit another gear or another level in the later rounds. And you saw that, I think, here. You saw it when he beat Nishikori 6-1-4-1, the eighth seed. Uh, now, of course, Nishikori was fighting some fatigue issues there, health issues perhaps, but then the 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 win over Luca P of uh, of France in the the semifinals, the 28 seed, 6-0, 6-2, and 6-2, Again, you, you saw him hit just another gear and dominate. The level of tennis was exquisite for Novak in that match coming into the final. So, and Novak even said the same in his press conference. You know, I do have a lot of different gears, and he certainly hit another one here in the semifinals. So it really, if you look at the way both he and Nadal played in the semis, it certainly gives us an indication that they are both in very good health and at the top of their game, and it should be a, a fantastic final. Um, Rafa, of course, again, as I mentioned, has not dropped a set throughout here, uh, making it to the final without losing a set. Um, now, again, the thing that was exciting to me about this tournament, this Grand Slam for Novak, is if he can take the final here, that would, of course, give him three straight Grand Slams, three consecutive going into France. And that would give him an opportunity, once again, the second time in his career, he did it also, of course, in late 2015 and early 2016, to hold all the Grand Slam Finals. If he could win in France, that would give him four consecutive and give him all the championships. You know, again, that would give him the second time in his career, a very rare feat and rare accomplishment. Um, if you look at, you know, some of these up and coming players, you certainly keep wondering when these young up and coming next gen type players are going to really challenge Nadal and, and, and Djokovic for for some of the, you know, the grand slams and really hit another level and be consistently competing with these guys. Um, you look at a guy like Sissipas, who really played well here, made it to a semifinal, but was not really even competitive against Nadal. Um, you look at Alex Zverev, again, who we mentioned beat uh, Novak late in the season last year in, in, the, in the Masters ATP Finals, but again, just did not have it here. Um, uh, you look at uh, Ronic, he beat Zverev 6-1, 6-1, 7-6. thought maybe he was at, playing at a level where he could really compete deep into this tournament. Um, he loses to Luca Pui in the quarters. And going back to Zverev, you know, he had, he had, he had reached out to Ivan Lendl the last couple of years to become his coach, specifically to help him with his attitude, his mental preparation for these big uh, championships. And uh, it was certainly disappointing the way he lost to, to Ronich in a very, you know, uh, very dominant fashion, 6-1, 6-1, 7-6. Um, his attitude on the court, he, sh he showed some of the frustration and you really have to wonder, you know, can, is Yvonne Lindel able to, to settle him down and get him to play at a higher level in these championships? Zverev's performance in a lot of the other tournaments has been fantastic, has risen him to a high, you know, top four seed, um, top four level in the world. But his performance in the Grand Slams has not matched his performance in other tournaments during the year. Um, you look at Tiafo, he beat Anderson, the five seed, and Dimitrov, the 20 seed, before bowing out. Um, and Karen Hashinov, a bit of a disappointment here. You thought he might be ready to, to rise to another level again after having some confidence. He played a really good match against Nadal in the U.S. Open, had him down a set, and was serving to go up two sets to love before losing to, in four sets to, 
to Rafa in the U.S. Open. And then, of course, as we mentioned, beating, uh, beating Novak in the Paris Finals. But he lost in the third round to Batista Agut, a 22nd seed. So a bit of a disappointing performance for Hashanov. Um, again, it just shows you how difficult it is to be to perform as consistently as guys like you know, Rafa and Novak and certainly uh, uh, Roger Federer at, some, at one time and Andy Murray as well. It's, it's one thing to win from time to time to show flashes of greatness, but it's a different thing altogether to be able to consistently perform at a high level in these matches. And it really speaks to the mental toughness of Rafa and Novak, you know, over a full match. Again, some of these guys can show mental toughness for a short periods of time during these matches and play big in certain points, but it's difficult to maintain that through all these, uh, all these different sets and all these points and playing at a high level, especially in these Grand Slam events. And it shows, it, you know, a lot of times when Novak and Rafa say, that, you know, that the, having these other guys perform at such a high level for the last decade really has made me the player that I am today, has made me sharper. Sometimes it sounds like they're just being polite and saying that, but it really is true. I mean, if you look at these matches, uh, very few of these younger guys can maintain the level of, of play for long periods of time that Rafa and Novak can. Once again, it's just a privilege to be to watch tennis and to watch Novak in this time in his career when... You know that every time that he gets together with Nadal, it could be an epic event, and it's, it can be a historic performance. And, and we'll look back at this golden era of tennis and say, wow, what a privilege it was to watch tennis at this level. Um, going, looking ahead to the Rafael Nadal-Novak uh, Djokovic final at Australian Open, uh, I didn't realize this till I looked at the records, but um, this is only the second time that Rafa and Novak have met at the Australian Open. Of course, the first time being that epic 2012 final that some considered to be the greatest um, tennis match of all time. It went nearly six hours. Novak, again, the winner, 5-7, 6-4, 6-2, 6-7, and 7-5. So coming back uh, after losing a tough fourth set tiebreaker and getting down in the, in the fifth set as well. You know, uh, you know really, uh, Nadal was dominant for a while early in that fifth set, and he really missed an easy shot that he, he hit wide. Um, and it, it, it kind of opened the door. He lost his, his composure a little bit, and I think it opened the door for Novak to, to bounce back. He was down, I believe, a break in that final set and had a chance to really take control of that, and Novak came back and, and, and won that match where it looked like uh, Nadal had the upper hand in that game, and, and, and he kind of let us, uh, us, had an easy put away, let it slip wide, and it really turned the match for, for uh, Novak, and he came, went on to win. Um, of course, these two guys met at an epic... The 50, uh, 52 matches career, uh, 27, 25, Novak leads that head-to-head. -head. Certainly, we'd like to see Novak win again here to get a little bit more of the upper hand and go up, uh, go up, you know, but get a little bit of a breathing room there. With such a close, if Novak, if Nadal wins this one, it would be 27, 26, a little close for comfort. So it'd be nice to see Novak get a three-match uh, three lead, go up 28 to 25 as they head to the later part of their careers. And you'd like to see Novak uh, eventually win that head-to-head. Of course, they had an epic 2018 Wimbledon. Um, this was really the turning point for uh, Novak as he came back from his off-the-court issues and his, his health issues with his elbow. Um, you know, Novak had played well coming into Wimbledon, but you wondered if it was going to be well enough to, to actually win this, 
this Grand Slam. You thought, you know, maybe if Novak could make it to the semifinals at Wimbledon last year, it would be a good tournament. It would give him some momentum toward the latter part of the year. But I think that match was really the trigger for Novak to say, you know, maybe I'm further along in my comeback and maybe I can win this. And, and he really was dominant the second half of the year. Really amazing that Novak was able to come from where he was early in 2018 to, to, to get to number one in the world after winning those last two Grand Slams and, of course, winning in Cincinnati, as we mentioned. So um, an epic match. Um, it looks like, again, Nadal having some time off to, to address his injury issues. Looks like he's fresher, so he has a lot of energy. So I think, again, neither of these guys, um, there's any any indication that they are less than 100%. So it's going to be all about the tennis. I don't think there's any issues with injury unless something unforeseen would come up in, in one of these matches. But uh, it certainly looked to be in peak form, both mentally and physically, uh, playing with a lot of confidence. I think, as we mentioned, um, Novak rising to a higher level later in this in this tournament really shows what he is capable of. And I think we expect to see the best of both guys in this match. So we'll come back after, after the Australian Open final. We'll have another podcast. Again, it's great to be back with the Nole family uh, following this match. I know a lot of you, these schedules get thrown off a little bit for the Australian Open. I will, of course, like a lot of you, be waking up in the wee hours of the morning. I'll be up. It will be 2.30 a.m. Sunday morning, uh, uh, U.S. time here in the central uh, time zone. So I'll be Waking up in the middle of the night, of course, my wife says, "Don't, don't, don't make sure you don't wake me up when you get up." She's, uh, she can't understand why I would wake up at two thirty in the morning, but she understands my appreciation and love of of Novak and what he has achieved and uh, and what he means to all of us in the Nolly family. So, wishing good vibes to our our champion, and hope we come back with a win to talk about after this is over. Again, have a uh, have a great tournament and have a great day. <laughs>